my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. This week we're taking as our theme the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. And today we simply ask, how does the Holy Spirit work in the life of the church? Today our co-host is Eric Hook. How are you going? I'm going well, thanks, Gary. Good to be back here with you. I don't know what actually happened there. My my headphones have actually gone off, you <laughs> Sorry, realize. Yeah. And it's a terrible thing when right in the middle of your introduction, your <laughs> headphones actually collapse on you. And uh, I just hope that somebody out there can actually hear us because I certainly can't hear me right uh, right now. That's a terrible thing. Uh, Eric. The uh, here in Adelaide at the at the present time, there's a big dust storm happening out there. It sure is. Yeah, coming in, uh, driving in into the city from uh, from the north. There, you can't even see the hills, and the, the winds picked up quite a bit. It must move a lot of dust around. I feel I feel sorry for people with asthma and have breathing problems, but it's quite thick out there. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Sky's you, dark. You actually look at uh, Adelaide. Adelaide is such a, a wonderful city to actually live in, but every now and then you get those ridiculously hot days you get freezing cold nights just occasionally uh, and then a dust storm may throw in just to uh, just to stir things up just a little bit mm. um, it's uh, it's really quite something now look um, Eric tell us school holidays are here in uh, South Oz the shopping centres are full I went to get my hair cut uh, yesterday and uh, had to line up between um, school students and uh, had to had to wait I don't normally have to wait in the in the middle of the day now as a grandfather do you do it did the school holidays impact you at all? Well, uh, as a granddad and semi-retired, I find one of the best things about school holidays is there's less traffic on the road at a certain time of the day. Uh, and I can actually get around a lot quicker. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, yep, I do. I try and make time for the grannies during the school holidays. I actually went to the – took two of them to the movies this morning, went to see Peter Rabbit 2. They were excited about that. Oh, well, is it a good movie? Uh, it's a ve- it is a good movie. I stayed awake through the whole thing, so it must have been all right. And oh, we go down to Salisbury there. I tell you, it's not cheap to go to the movies with the kids these days. You know, you're looking at forty plus dollars for three of us, and uh, wow. you know that's I, I I sometimes wonder how the theatres stay stay in tune. But yeah, I've got other things planned uh, during the holidays to to spend time with them. It's good. By the time it. you buy the popcorn and the the nibblies and the, uh, <laughs> it can certainly mount up, can't it? It can. And I tell you what, those Popcorn's coming great big containers. The kids loved it. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. I hope they, they probably took some home with them. But look, let's come to our uh, to our World Watch uh, segment today. You know, there is just so much uh, that's going on in our big wide world at uh, at this time. And uh, just uh, just last week, I picked up in the Australian an article that really jumped out at me. It, w- it was entitled "Respect for Women: Society Will Pay." For its loss of Christian ideals. Now, you know, this, this one just spoke loud to me because one of the things I am really conscious of at 
the present time is that our world is changing. Uh, even the relationships between the sexes, uh, all of it, uh, the world is in conflict. And this is what the article said. The last time humanity tried living out a pagan culture, it was pretty ugly. Relations between the sexes were terrible. The chief victims were, in fact, women and children. It seems uh, the least, therefore, uh, that it seems at least, therefore, unhistorical, if not downright counterintuitive, to think that the that commanding heights of cultures have been telling us now for more than five decades that we can transition to a nego pagan culture, and this will somehow be good for women uh, or for men as well. The progressive orthodoxy that we used uh, to be overwhelmingly sexist and that we've made great progress, but we've still got a long way to go. That's what the orthodoxy says. But, the author says, this is only a little right. On some things, we have made progress. On some things, we've actually gone backwards. My father and countless men of his generation did not, did not treat women with disrespect, nor did the culture mandate that he should. Our culture right now, has the greatest trouble treating anybody with respect. We're on the brink of becoming a majority atheist nation. The loss of religious belief in society reflects the way we see human beings, men and women. It goes without saying that Christians frequently uh, do not remotely live up to their ideals. But Christian ideals, nonetheless, have a lot to offer the culture in this moment of truth-telling and contradiction. The astonishing abusiveness of Twitter he says, is dehumanizing. While everyone who ventures into that sewer, these are strong words, faces some level of foul abuse, it is far worse for women because so often the abuse is sexualized, it's violent in its imagery. The even more degrading pornography propounds the implicit idea that women are primarily objects. Like much of the rest of the Western world I watched, compelled as the brilliant Game of Thrones. Now, I haven't actually seen this uh, series uh, unfolded across its many episodes. It was absolutely full of sexualized violence directed at women. And when its stars and producers were asked about this, their characteristic response was to say there was plenty of violence against men as well. Uh, some of it carried out by women, as though in some bizarre fashion that that evens up the scales of cultural influence. Hmm. Part of the Christian, comes back to Christianity then, part of the Christian sexual revolution in the past was to make marriage for the first time an institution of mutual love and respect, which was not the way it has was conceived of in the ancient world. Perhaps the central word in Christianity is in fact respect. Respect for human beings. Respect for human dignity. Christianity allowed its portrayal of human sexuality to become far too negative over the past 150 years. But its understanding that sex uh, is uh, really a big deal 
was a rejection of the central element of the barbarianism of the pagan world. Dr. Emma Woods, uh, in a fascinating piece on the ABC Religion and Ethics website, argued recently that just teaching the importance of consent, while obviously... uh, while obviously essential, is actually not enough to get back into relationships. There needs to be teaching concerning morality and sexual ethics as well. Mm. You know, Eric, how do you handle, I mean, what do you think of this particular article? Is it saying something that we really need to hear today? Yeah, well, you know, being a teenager in the uh, in the eighties and nineties, the seventies, eighties and nineties, you know, seventies and eighties, um, there was respect. I, I believe, you know, when you look at um, when I observed back then, there was a lot of respect, more respect for women in the way that you know you you stood up on a bus, bus to give them the seat. You know, there was doors being opened. There was there was just that general respect for for women, the fairer sex, if you like. But then again, also, I think a lot was probably happening that wasn't brought out as it is today. I mean, sometimes mm. they bring out a sexual episode that's gone back 20, 30 years ago even. Yeah. We're just yeah. finding out yeah. about that now. So I think there's been this underlying current of uh, of um, men being more powerful and, and, and using that advantage over women. Uh, and today, uh, you throw in, unfortunately, a lot of these things you're talking about here uh, with rape and different things like that, often it's got alcohol whole involved and the things of the world thrown in it that 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 brings that out in men and and that and i think that um that as as a church that the respect in the church for women should be the utmost you know that's what we do everybody is equal man and woman and the love and and the and the gospels talk about the way that a woman should be treated like the bride like the like the church yeah, that's yeah, how we should yeah. Love it's actually ones. a very beautiful picture that the mm. apostle paul does actually paint yeah. of the relationships that um is intended by god to be maintained between uh, the two the two sexes i mean mm. i can actually remember when i was uh when i was a, a very uh, young young man i was uh, uh i can remember i was actually coming home uh, from one of the Sydney beaches, and I was riding on one of the Sydney Sydney trains. And in those days, they were called the Big Red Rattlers. And I'm, some of our older folks might be able to remember those Sydney Big Red Rattlers. Uh, but I was travelling uh, with with my father and my mother. And that particular afternoon, the train was particularly crowded. And I can still remember uh, the fact that I had managed to get a seat early on and a lady came in and she turned she, she was pregnant and and very obviously so but my my father actually turned to me and he said stand up for the lady and uh, his expectation and i looked at dad and said why uh, he said uh, dad turned to me and he said stand up for the lady um, and I knew when he hounded that particular voice, I knew it was time to stand up for the lady. And, uh, you know, that was something that uh, to this day I still remember that uh, that was certainly my father's expectation. And I know that's something that he certainly did as well. Uh, and, you know, so to me, 
um, I, I have to admit, uh, th- this article really does say a fair bit to me uh, about the society in which we are currently living. You know, respect for women, society will pay for loss of its Christian ideals. You know, I, I even think of the, uh, the huge um, um, actions that are being taken at the present time to allow uh, boys uh, to actually play women's sport if they declare themselves to be transgender. Uh, now, of course, uh, this... This just simply assumes that, uh, okay, because a person decides that they are a different gender, they become a different gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, uh, the, the mind and the, um, uh, the, 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 human, uh, the human psyche doesn't change just simply because you change, a, um, uh, change your viewpoint and say, I am now uh, something other than that which I was actually born. Well, I think the Christian aspect in all this, when we when we put it into the mix of morality, is that um, when you become a Christian, you think of somebody else. You think, would I want to be treated that way? Yeah. Whether yeah. we're male or female. Yeah. And that's what it boils down to, that we have that respect and also the, the love of the person that you wouldn't want to... I mean, the thing is, Pastor Gary, too, if you saw a woman being mistreated, I would pray that I would step in. But then, of course, you know, a lot of people are fearful to do that now. Yeah. And often, you know, um, in fact, if you go onto a bus or a train today, m- most people have got earphones in and they've got the little, you know, yeah. devices out. They don't care what's happening around them. And yeah. so I think this... Um, and I see a lot of that today where women are treated really badly. Um, I know of some... And, and this is a problem that we do have in our society. Yeah, and, and you look at statistics of, um, you know, there's a couple of deaths per fortnight or something in yeah, Australia yeah, through yeah. through violence. And, and you're throwing the drugs and the alcohol and you've got a huge problem. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and really the laws aren't that strong. I mean, you know, in the past they used to really um, interrogate people and you'd have them sitting there in the courtroom face to face with somebody that's abused them it's very very difficult as a man yeah, to understand yeah, that because yeah, we're looking yeah. this as a man's point of view yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no no mm. no i appreciate what you're actually saying there eric i think mm. you make a very incredibly valid point uh, in in dealing with this look mm. let's come to some uh, some music uh, this is uh, michael w smith uh, ancient words
that was Michael W. Smith, Ancient Words. What a beautiful song that uh, that really is. Look, we've got a, uh, a book that we're giving away today. Uh, this is uh, another little book. It's entitled U-Turn. Uh, this concerns your health. Um, this is uh, a book that uh, um, that talks about living longer, living better, uh, taking charge of your health, boosting your energy, enjoying life to the fullest. This little book outlines the causes of various lifestyle diseases and offers practical tips on how you can prevent and even reverse the debilitating conditions. You deserve good health, and this book uh, will really help you move in that particular direction. Now, this book uh, has actually been put together by Hans Deal. Now, he has put some together some absolutely brilliant material uh, when you look at this uh, this area of, uh, of health. Eric, have you heard of Hans Deal at all? No, I really, I haven't really. You haven't heard of Hans Deal? <laughs> Goodness me, Eric! You, this this guy is the no, top just... of the uh, the top of his field. Love some of the material that uh, that he does actually put out. This book is entitled U Turn. Uh, if you would like uh, your own copy of U Turn, we're giving these uh, giving this away uh, today. Just please text uh, your name, your address, and your phone number uh, with the name of the book. U turn. Uh, just text it to us here at our studio. O four triple eight. 80811. Uh, that number again is 04888 80811. And the book's entitled U Turn. Just put U Turn there uh, so that we know uh, exactly what book you're referring to. Uh, and this is a book that will really help you uh, to be able to deal with uh, so many of the health issues that are uh, so common uh, within our uh, society uh, today. Uh, welcome. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're taking as our theme the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. And today we simply ask, how does the Holy Spirit work in the life of the church? I... Uh, I was doing some uh, uh, some spiritual reading um, a few days ago, and I stumbled across an article that was entitled uh, "Spirituality: uh, What the Church Needs Most Today." And uh, it actually started with a series of questions. I really appreciated uh, these questions. What kind of men and women does the church need today? Uh, those of position, of power, and wealth. Do we need uh, those who can keep others spellbound by their preaching skills? What about those with theological and pastoral skills of the highest type? What is the most important need? E.M. Bounds uh, goes to the very root of the question. What the church needs today is not more machinery or better machinery, not new organisations or more and uh, novel methods, but men and women who the Holy Spirit can use, men and women of prayer, mighty in prayer, the Holy Spirit does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does, he does not anchor plans, but men and women of prayer. Do you know, as I read that, I, this, this article really started to speak to me. But, you know, Eric, one of the things I'm really conscious of is that some people have actually said to me in ministry, well, why do we actually need an organized church 
anyway because you know god seems to you know we want god to function through an organized church but you know do we even need an organized church i mean we want the holy spirit to work through it but do we need that? Well, in the early church, Pastor Gary, um, there was more power in actually organizing the church, uh, and there are texts to back that up. So the early church, uh, you know, had it started off with a few disciples, and then it grew to more, but they they actually needed organizing as well. So, um, and and I'll just bring you for a couple of ver- uh, verses, for instance, Acts twenty twenty eight says, and this is speaking to the elders at. Uh, uh, a group of elders that were called together in Acts uh, 20 verse 17 it says from Miltus he sent to the Ephesians and Ephesus and called for the elders of the church to come and then he said to them keep watch over yourselves and over all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God that he obtained with the blood of his own son so here it's telling us that the leaders of the church these elders are appointed by the Holy Spirit Led by the Spirit mm. of God, and He is the one who who was to guide the believers in the appointing of these folks. So, in the, you can see that this was for the shepherding of the flock, for protection, if you like. Okay, so so in other words, God has actually given a gift here of of leadership, leadership. in order to actually bring the church together. Mm. And in the, in Acts, it talks about you know that. Dangers can come and everything that's talking about that there needs to be a guidance through spirit filled men and women. And this is the whole point of, um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit is it is to uplift one another, uh, that we may encourage one another. And you can do that in a group, in a flock. Uh, and Jesus is the shepherd of the flock. So it's bringing us all together. Uh, the other one I'd like to, to use too is, um, that, uh, Acts 6, 1 to 7, it says, uh, now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, uh, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the twelve summoned the twelve disciples summoned the full number of the disciples and said, "It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote." ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word and so what they did was they picked Stephen a man full of faith uh, of the Holy Spirit Philip and others and then it says later that they set before the apostles and they prayed and laid hands on them and the word of God continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the priests actually became obedient to the faith so we see there was more power in the distribution of doing things mm. distributing Gifts, you know, and like this is something that today, Eric, is uh, I think a real challenge to us because we actually live in such an individualistic based society that it's sort of I don't need to have uh, the support of an organisation because you know I'm capable, I'm self-made, I'm a self-made person.
and uh, you know I don't need to have uh, the support of others and yet what we find in the scriptures is that the scriptures above everything else are not individualistic they're not centered on the self but rather they've centered on the community and to me as I look at that I say hey that really is saying something to us that is actually very powerful that's right and there's more power and unity when we're all of one accord and that was shown in the at Pentecost you know the pouring of the Holy Spirit and it's the combined efforts of the folks under the power of the Holy Spirit whereas if we're individuals just doing our own thing well then the word of God isn't going to go right around the world and Jesus will come yeah. so this is the spreading of the gospel I love this I love this thought that Paul brings out uh, in Ephesians 2 19 to 21 it says consequently you are no longer foreigners and strangers but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone in mm. him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord and in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by a spirit. You know, when I read that, Pastor Gary, I imagine us as stones being part of that Yeah. That structure, yeah. Yeah. holding it all together, but also encouraging that we're all part in that together with God, you know, and he is the cornerstone. And there's incredible strength in that, isn't there? You know, mm. because what it means is that when I, in my church, when I am, I'm weak and I'm struggling, I've actually got uh, people there to, to support me. You know, as a, as a pastor, sometimes I've actually had people uh, come and uh, uh, say to me, oh, pastor, look, you know, I, I want to, uh, I want to get, I want you to baptize me, but I don't want to uh, to join any church, not nothing against your particular church, but I don't want you to 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 join. I don't want to join any church at all. And I actually sit and talk to them each time. I say, "Hey, look," I said, "I actually can't do that because uh, to me, when a person is baptized, they actually become part of the body of Christ." You see, I see the uh, I very much understand the church as being people and individuals. The church isn't actually the building that's sitting on the uh, on the corner, but rather it's the congregation that actually inhabits. Of that particular church and I actually explain to people I say hey look I've actually got a responsibility to you uh, my responsibility is that I actually need to care for you um, because you see there are times after you're baptized where you might get depressed yeah, when you might get discouraged there are times when you might be you know really really ca- under the weather uh, I said I want you to be part and recognize as part of the body of Christ so that uh, both uh, we can lift you up when you have needs, but so that you can use your skills, your talents, your abilities, you can use your spiritual giftedness, the gifts that God is actually going to give you so that you can use them in ministry. And I actually point out to people that actually, uh, to to me, uh, I, I, I find, well, I cannot actually baptize somebody just into Christ and leave them as a lonely, isolated individual. Well, if we look at Christ's example, you know, he went to the synagogue every week, you know, he was there, he was part of the church structure. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he, he was a son of God, he didn't need to be there, but he was there as an example but also he wanted to be there and sometimes too, as, as a Christian, we start that walk, we can try and have a foot in each camp and say, well, I don't yeah. really need to commit to that, you know, but what's interesting for me, Pastor Gary, is that the Bible led me to the church that I go to 
Okay. It was the scriptures that identified the church within scripture was the one that I should be at. And that's the one I fellowship today. And and so it's talking about us here, for instance, it, you know, it's saying here that every person who has trusted Jesus as Savior and has the gift of the Holy Spirit is a stone in this wonderful structure. We have Christ living in us and we're part of the connection to Christ with other mm, people. And mm. I think that's a powerful and a beautiful illustration. But the the real crux, and we're going to run out of time, but the real uh, ones here, it really goes on in, in the thought of this, because Romans twelve four to 8 says, Just for as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to each other. If your gift is prophesying, then prophecy is in accordance to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, and then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is to give and then give generously. If it is to leave, do it digitally. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. And so there's different gifts for different people, all built up in that structure of the body of Christ. You know, that to me is an incredibly beautiful thought. In fact, I, when I baptize somebody, one of the things that I actually do is that uh, uh, I actually have, when I'm standing in the font with them, I'll actually have prayer with them. And uh, I'll explain to them beforehand. I say, hey, look, when when a person comes to Jesus Christ, they're actually to- we're actually told to baptize by water and by the Spirit. Mm. And to me, it's a very beautiful thing when you can actually baptize a Peter a person by water because that's what physical baptism involves. It means being dunk, dunk being you know lowered under the the water and coming up to walk in a newness of life. But also, um, while they're standing in the font with me. I will normally have prayer with them, mm. and I'll actually pray that the Holy Spirit will actually descend upon them because I believe the Holy Spirit does actually do that. And, you know, the way that I've seen it function is that individuals seem to have, seem to be given various gifts by which they can minister mm. to the church. You know, I mean, as I look at myself, hey, I, I'm actually a, a person who enjoys teaching. It's a it's a spiritual gift I believe that the Lord gave me uh, way back when I was when I was baptized. And as a result, through the years I tend to emphasize the teaching gift. But you know, I'm so thankful that the whole church isn't full of teachers. You know, it's it's important to have some, but you know there are others who are the who are the preachers uh, in our uh, in our church, there are there are people who have got gifts of healing. There are you know there are so many different gifts as I look at them, and together they can actually build up the body of Christ. But you know, I'm probably taking your um, no, uh, your right. your spot, Eric. Let's yeah, go back right. to, what, to what, well, you well, what you were going to share with us. Saying is correct. You know, like before I uh, I was a Christian, I was working in the world as a bricklayer. I was a printer, did my training as a printer, and uh, always wanted to own a bookstore. Never happened. But then I became uh, a bricklayer. And but then when God called me, and He called me into a ministry of, of of actually selling books, Christian books and Bibles, and I had no idea. I mean, I always wanted to be a own a bookstore. So in a way, He kind of t- Eric, I'm interested that. that you say that God called you. What mm. do you actually mean by that? What What does it mean that God called you? Well, you know, when 
when you are in, in ministry and you want to share, I mean, you know, we're all we're all called to share. I believe to witness. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, there's different ways of doing that. And I believe even the what we would call a small job in the church can actually be a way of sharing as well. Yeah. We don't put one above the other. But I I was actually called to uh, to to do what I did to to leave my work and to and to step out in faith really uh, with no financial backup um, just to do what God called me to do. And the way He called me was in a strange way. I I used to in our church we used to have a lady called Angela Croft. She would come and and tell her stories of witnessing, and I didn't want to hear it because. I felt I kind of felt a bit guilty, and I wasn't witnessing, mm. and uh, I I didn't want to hear her, and, and I thought about that, and I thought, why don't I? Surely this is what we should all be doing, <laughs> you know? That uh, why why am I feeling so bad? And then I, I looked at that and thought about that, and, and prayed and, and read the scriptures, uh-huh. and the more I looked, and I said, well, this you know this God started to tell me that this is something that you could do, and so, and through a process of of just the way He led and brought people into my life that reaffirmed that yeah. that came to me and said Eric this is something that we think that you could do brought people in it, it was a journey but it was step by step and I was convinced at the mm. end of it I had no worries about doing it even though as I told you the other week I was warned by an elder not to do it in the church yeah. I still stepped out in faith and look 30 <laughs> years later wow have I been blessed you know yeah. Uh, yeah. and that's not me working it's it's God leading and sometimes it's actually only in retrospect you sort of yeah. step out in faith yeah. um, into a particular ministry, and it's sometimes only years later that you actually turn around, you look back, and you say, "Hey, God has really been leading in a remarkable uh, manner throughout my life." And but you know, to me, it's sometimes it's that initial step of faith that is actually is. the thing that um, I, I sometimes as well we we don't recognise our own gifts. You know, I I, I well remember one time I actually uh, was. Uh, was part of a church. This was in far western Queensland up there. I love those uh, those country churches. It was one of my first churches. And uh, we actually had a, a lady came along and uh, uh, she was actually there. She was only there for about 12 months. But she had the remarkable gift of hospitality. Now, to me in those days, I used to actually rank the gifts. You know, the ones at the top were the evangelist. He was the, you know, he was the, uh, the important one at the top. Uh, and then you had uh, under him, you had the, you know, well, you had the prophet above that and you had the evangelist, then you had the preacher and the teacher. And, you know, so they went down and somewhere at the bottom was, you know, the gift of hospitality. And, I, I you know, I didn't regard it all that highly, but this particular lady, uh, she had the gift of hospitality and I've never seen a gift used so powerfully as I did with this particular lady. I, uh, uh, in the end, I started to visit her uh, three and four times a week because she had a ministry that she knew how to use. And People just gravitated to her. They just wanted to be in her presence. When they were there, she'd have uh, they'd, they'd have bickies together. They'd have morning tea together. They'd sit and they'd just talk together. And every time the conversation would, she would bring the conversation back to the good things that God was actually doing for her. But it was because of her hospitality and her manner. She had a spiritual gift. Some of us don't have that particular gift. But you know, as I saw that particular woman function with 
with that gift of hospitality. My uh, my regard uh, for the gift of hospitality just climbed up and up and up. In fact, today I've, I've actually said a number of times to my church, there are two ch- there are two gifts that I believe will actually build a church better than any others. One is encouragement, the other one's hospitality. If those two gifts are present, churches grow. If they're not present, the churches die. Um, that doesn't matter, uh, even if the uh, even if the preacher is the best preacher in the country, uh, the preachers um, actually, uh, I suggest, um, don't actually build churches. They certainly preach the gospel. They certainly good, do good teaching. But, you know, it's those people like, that have got those gifts of hospitality, the people who have got the gifts of encouragement, they're the ones that I believe uh, are the ones that actually build churches. Yes, and that's showing, you know, the, the true love of Jesus. I mean, when, when Jesus was on earth, he talked about uh, – that uh, food for him was doing the will of the Father. Yeah. And, you know, when we're out in the world, like, for instance, uh, uh, you're doing things for yourself to better yourself in the world. You're using those talents. But when you, when you, when Christ calls you into his fold and you, you're called by the Holy Spirit to do things for him, then you start to do the will of the Father. And that leads you into these different areas. So you're changing now from your output into the world to the output towards Jesus. And that's yeah. the beauty of it. I love First Corinthians. 12 where it says now about the gifts of the spirit brothers and sisters I do not want you to be uninformed you know that when you were pagans somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols therefore I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the spirit of God says Jesus be cursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit there are different kind of gifts but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of services, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And then it goes on and talks about this. So it's saying that each person, as you're saying, is given a gift that mm. that mm. the hospitality, cleaning, cleaning yeah. in the church that, you, that goes unnoticed sometimes. We've got a lady in our church that does the hot drinks. Yeah. Always there. Yeah. You know, do we take her for granted? No, I don't. Yeah. I see her there yeah. and that's where she is. That is, yeah. that is being called by God to share. That's part well, that's of actually role. biblically called the gift of hospitality, that, mm. that gift of being able to bring people together maybe over a hot drink mm. uh, so that they can just share and talk and share their life's journey. To me, this is so powerful. And, you know, uh, to me, I, I, I wish people wouldn't underestimate these, uh, these, these gifts because too often we do go and say, ah, oh, the evangelist, you know, he is yeah. the one that, uh, you know, he's the ranking uh, uh, officer, if you like. But mm. as I look at it, I say, no. That's not the way it works. God has given these wonderful gifts. Some of them we don't actually regard the way we ought to be regarding them. Uh, and sometimes, just tell me, Eric, just one other question. How do I know what gift God has given me? I think it's through just following that voice that, that comes to us, but also um, the doors open and the door closes. I found that when God was calling me into a, into a certain area of service, doors close and doors open, and, and I had to be ready to to work through that. It's just really place in your life in Christ's hands, and, and you know, you know, I mean, I look at some of the people in our churches, and I can see the gift of teaching, and I see, and I go up to them, and I say, that was a wonderful lesson. Why don't you uh, preach? Oh, I can't preach. I said, well, 
<laughs> that was just like a service. That yeah. was better than a service. Yeah. Yeah. They don't actually recognize that. And you can see it in people. That's it. And that's through the encouragement of others. But you can also feel God calling you into some areas where you yeah. feel comfortable. You know, Pastor Gary, it's interesting to me that each of these gifts are, are important, as you've said, because it went on in Corinthians 12. It says... Um, just in verse 12, it says, Just in, as a body, though one has many parts, but in all its many parts from, form one body, and so it is with Christ. It says here, Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. Yeah. Uh, uh, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. Mm. And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not be for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? <laughs> if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Mm, Isn't mm, that beautiful? Mm. So whatever that you and I do in the church is called by the God through the Holy Spirit to be placed where he wants us to be. In other words, God actually doesn't want me to do everything. You know, it's very easy for me to actually become jealous or even envious yeah. of somebody else with, you know, of the preacher who can preach the sermon. Mm. Uh, and yet, to me, I look at the preacher who can, and I say, hey, that is a wonderful spiritual gift. I'm so thankful for that. But, you know, to me, the uh, the person that I often appreciate the most is the person I can actually speak to in a hard times, uh, the person who's got the gift of encouragement. So I can sit down, the counsellor, who I can sit down, just chat to and say, hey, this is where life is taking me at the moment. Give me your input. And I, to me, often that's the person who is most appreciated. I know in one particular church I was at, I uh, I actually spoke to uh, to one fellow here. Uh, he had one of these, what I call backroom uh, gifts, uh, but he was the counsellor of the uh, of the church. In fact, he became not just the counsellor of the church, but he became he was actually elected to the town council. And I actually said to him, uh, because at one time he was actually going to get off the council, and I said to him, I said, "Hey, John." I said, is that the wisest thing to do? Um, I said, you know, how do the others relate to you? He said, oh, a lot of them uh, laugh at me because of my Christian beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew him fairly well. And I said, hey, who do they come to when, they're, when they need a hand, when they need wisdom, when they need advice, when they want someone to talk to? Mm-hmm. He looked at me and he said, they come to me. And I said, yeah, I know they do. I know they do, person after person does. Um, and this is the what some might regard as the Philistines are coming to this Christian gentleman, and he was a real Christian gentleman. You know, as I look at that, I say, hey, that's a spiritual gift. Please don't despise uh, those no. those gifts. Well, it says, uh, following on from these verses, it talk exactly about that. It says, as it is, there are many parts but one body. Uh, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That yeah. it's all interlocked together, like sinews it talks about yeah. in the Bible. Then and each part has a very important role to play. Something I, I realise in myself, Pastor Gary, and I've seen it in, in some churches too. I'm an elder in a mm. church, head elder, mm. right? Mm. Now we're having our positions looked at uh, through, you know, there'll yeah. be a selection committee and all that. If they said to me, Eric, you know, and my name's not down as an elder 
then I accept that. Yeah. My role yeah. to be an elder isn't there for five years or ten years. I'm yeah. called by God to serve. And that is humanly speaking. You say, I wonder why they don't want me anymore. Yeah. Well, that's not the way to reason. The reason is to say, okay, there's somebody else here that is being called into this position. Yeah. But I've seen it where some people get so upset because they're members of the body and they've been put in a certain position. And and that certainly is something that occurs, this idea that uh, once I have a particular ministry, I'm actually going to do it for the term of my natural life. No, 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 no. You know, to me, as I look at this, I say, hey, it's so easy to become envious of what somebody else is mm. or desirous of something that somebody else is actually doing when in actual fact God has actually given me a position my particular position that is actually indispensable mm. to the body and the functioning of the church yep and it goes on in Corinthians and says this while our presentable parts need no special treatment but God has put the body together giving greater honor to the parts that it lacked so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other yeah, and when you have that love and the uh, love and the unity and the joining of the body together, and the church, are, as you rightly said, other people. This is people uh, this throws out individualism right out the door, doesn't it? Because what yep. you've actually got here, this is a community of faith. This is how it's intended for the church to actually function. But Eric, look, we need to yep. come to some music. Sure. Uh, let's have a have a break. This is Salah. You are my hiding place.
That is Salah, you are my hiding place. Can you believe it that that song goes back to 1970? Goodness me, that's a long way back. I didn't believe we actually had any that old actually in our our library here, but that's a beautiful song. Really appreciate uh, Salah, you are uh, my hiding place. Our free gift for you today uh, is the book book U-Turn. This is one that's dealing uh, with health. This is written by Dr. Hans uh, Dahl. Uh, If you want to live longer, live better, take charge of your health boost your energy and enjoy life to the fullest the little booklet outlines the causes of various lifestyle diseases and offers practical tips on how you can prevent and even reverse debilitating conditions this is a beautiful little book a hands dealer so well uh, respected in so many areas uh, you'll love this book if you'd like uh, this particular book that's called u-turn just uh, text u-turn with your name your address your telephone number just text us to our studio uh, here that uh, text number is 04888808811 and uh, we'll get that to you by the fastest possible means you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time big Q&A with Pastor Gary and today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church this week we're taking as our theme the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit and today we simply ask how does the Holy Spirit work in the life of the church Eric bring it all together for us. We're starting to run out of time. Well, finally, Pastor Gary, just two or three small texts to finish with. And I think that at the end of time, we should be using our gifts more and more. Christ is calling us to witness more and more before he comes yeah. again. And we shouldn't be shrinking away from that duty. You know, with what's going on in the world, surely we should be the voice through the Holy Spirit for God. And uh, one of them says here in First Peter 4.11, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. And another one too, which is very important, 2 Timothy 1.6. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gifts of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. That's telling us to, to really fan those gifts to get yeah, active. Yeah. And the last one is so important is Acts 1.8. It says here about witnessing, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. This word power comes from the Greek word dunamis, 
which is actually where we get dynamite from. Yeah, yeah, dynamite from where to explode, you know, to get out there and show a difference. And how do we do that? By the character of God, by reflecting God's power in our lives through the Holy Spirit. If not more of a time is now, then today is the day that we all need to really just concentrate on God, speak His words, and share His love. Yeah, no, I really appreciate what you're actually saying there. You know, it's so easy uh, for us to actually uh, overlook the way that God has actually blessed us. Uh, You know, I I, I could just story after story of people who have ministered, and I believe the Lord is actually calling us all to minister Mm. in some way, and the rewards are just so great. You know, to me, when a person starts to minister, what happens is they receive an incredible blessing themselves. I I will remember one of... uh, uh, the churches that I one time pastored, uh, we actually had a, a, a lady. I mean, she had long retired, uh, but she still felt she should be involved in ministry in some way. And so she made her ministry the creation of hand-making cards. Mm. Uh, and then she would hand-create them, maybe just one or two a week, but then she'd write an encouraging word on the cards and send them by snail mail to other people. And you know, it just simply kept on coming back to her as well because all she was ever doing is encouraging people. You know, as I look at that, I say, hey, what a ministry that actually is. You know, I wish every person would actually pray, Lord, what would you actually have me to do? Because I think it's a very powerful prayer. And one last thing quickly. Yeah, is yeah, that, yeah. Uh, I remember one time we were led up, the days where we used to do letterboxing, you know, and there was a mission being run and we had done these country towns and New Zealand, we had one leaflet left and we prayed about it and on the way through I dropped it off in a box and it, it went to this fellow who, who came along to the mission and he was eventually baptised and then he joined the work that I was doing going out selling Bibles through that one leaflet he went out for many years doing God's work, that one leaflet and one letterbox, you know wow. and so by witnessing we don't know what's going to happen but God gives us the ability to go and share and that's what our gifts have been given for in the church to build each other up, that we may have power like a team we can go out and share Mm -hmm. let's pray Father in heaven Lord we come to you right now Lord I want to say thank you uh, for all the amazing gifts that you've given to your people Uh, Lord forgive us that we haven't actually used them the way that you want us to use them Lord I just pray for everyone who's listening right now Lord if there is anybody who is struggling and saying hey Lord what will you have me to do Uh, Lord I just pray that that person that you'll hear that person's heart Uh, Lord that indeed you'll lay a burden on them that they might feel uh, convicted that uh, this is what you'd have me do or that is something I should do or something else. Lord, I pray that you might move on them by your Holy Spirit because, Lord, we're so conscious of the times in which we are living. We're so conscious of the changes that are occurring in our society. Uh, Lord, we volunteer. We are willing to be part of your work at this time. Lord, these things we ask and we pray and we thank you for the gift of your spirit and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary, Eric Hoare on Drive Time, big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when we share with Helen Gray and we ask, must I speak in tongues to be saved? Really look forward to joining you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. May our God uh, richly bless you.